Hi, and welcome to Walk Talk, a podcast courtesy of the Wound, Ostomy, and Continence Nurses Society. Walk Talk is your opportunity to learn more about advocacy, education, and research that support the practice and delivery of expert healthcare to individuals with wound, ostomy, and continence care needs. Please visit wocn.org slash podcast to subscribe and make sure you never miss an episode. Now, here's your host, Jody Scardillo. Today's episode of Walk Talk is all about the WOCN Society's continuing education programs focused on improving patient outcomes and providing basic and optimal ostomy and wound care. The Ostomy Care Associate, or OCA, program and the Wound Treatment Associate, or WTA, programs. Both of these programs are online, evidence-based continuing education programs that are aimed at preparing non-WOC specialty nurses with the education and hands-on experience to treat and care for their patients with direction from a certified WOC nurse. During this panel discussion, hear from OCA and WTA advocates as they discuss their approaches to integrating the WTA and OCA programs into your practice, whether you're in a hospital, a nursing facility, or home health space. Hi, this is Janet Ramundo, and I'm chair of the WOCN Society's Wound Treatment Associate Advisory Committee. And I'm Lori McNichol. I'm a past president of the WOCN Society and a current course coordinator for both the Society's Wound Treatment Associate and Ostomy Care Associate programs. Lori and I are here today to speak with Sarah Coverstone and Giselle Castangwe regarding their session, Partnering for the Future, Increasing Access to Care, OCA and WTA Integration at the WOCN Society's 50th Annual Conference. Thank you for joining us here today. Giselle and Sarah, Janet and I are sitting down to give our listeners at home some insights from your clinical education session and some additional knowledge about the Society's OCA and WTA programs. Before we get started, though, could you both introduce yourselves and explain a little bit more about your current role and how you're both advocating for these programs where you work? Yeah, my name is Sarah Coverstone. I work in Peoria, Illinois for a healthcare system there. My current role is actually in compliance and risk management, but I started out with the WTA program in 2014. We started with our home care agency and then spread it to the rest of our health system. And then we've continued on since then. I'm no longer being a coordinator today, but we still have the program and we're just getting ready to start the OCA program as well. Perfect. Giselle? And I'm Giselle Castangue. I'm a nurse practitioner and I am the coordinator for our WTA program as well. And we did the pilot for the OCA in our institution. We've had the WTA program since 2015 and just piloted the OCA. Great. So now that we've had these introductions, let's go a little bit deeper into the foundations of these programs. Um, I think it'll be really beneficial to our listeners that may not know the specifics of the program, and it will help to educate everyone on why both the WTAs and the OCAs are so critical with regards to increasing access to our care. So Sarah, I'm going to start with you. For those listening who are not aware of what the WTA program is, 
is. Can you give a brief explanation of the program? Sure. The WTA program is a really great online education program. It's got some really great information, extra training for nurses, clinicians, medics, even physical therapists as well. Any licensed clinician can participate. And it just really expounds a clinician's knowledge on understanding the basics of wound care, how wounds start, how to best to treat wounds with the best technology that's available. And it's just a really easy and relatively low-cost educational program. There aren't many educational programs that exist today that are this reasonable in cost, that are this high of quality in terms of the education that's involved. So that's the basic gist. It offers continuing education credits for both nurses and physical therapists, which is relatively new. And it's also offered to medics who are active as corpsmen. So it's just a really great additional education program that's sort of a way to give a clinician extra knowledge if they're either not able to or don't qualify for the full WOCN certification program, which is a broader thing. But this sort of helps people really care for their patients in a more clinically appropriate way. So Giselle, can you give us that same kind of explanation regarding the Ostomy Care Associate Program? The Ostomy Care Associate Program is very similar to the WTA program. It, it offers the ability to give clinicians who either don't want to go through the WOCN program or don't have the academic background to do it, the opportunity to get further education on ostomy care. And again, it's it's open to both nurses, LPNs, anyone who really has an interest in ostomy care. Wonderful. The more people who have this education, I think, the better. So do you think that these two programs are targeted to the same audiences? I do think that they're a similar target, depending on what your specialty is and where your practice is. But we know that there are wounded ostomy patients that reach both inpatient and outpatient practices. And so this fills a big void for staff who, who need further skills in the scopes of practice that are out there. Yeah, and one of the things that I've found to so the WTA program has been great in expounding the knowledge of our clinicians, but for a long time, there's really been a gap in education for ostomy, right? So unless you went to get your ostomy certification through the WOCN, there wasn't really a lot of good education. And honestly, you don't get a lot in nursing school, at least in most nursing schools. Um, so it really kind of fills that gap, especially there's such a need for clinicians who are trained in ostomy care. And so having the opportunity to have this program is really great. Both programs um, is really great, but the ostomy one uh, fills that void that just doesn't exist anywhere else. I would agree. We often hear our members and our listeners today say that there are lots of opportunities for wound-related continuing education, but I think the OCA program really did step up to fill a gap for this patient population, and I'm, I'm very excited about that. Giselle, knowing that your facility participated in the pilot testing, can you tell us a little bit about that process and what was it like to be first? (laughs) It was a little scary, but (laughs) uh, it was actually a great opportunity. We offered our program to outpatient, inpatient, other facilities and practices. Because Maine is very rural, we were able to do an outreach program because we We don't have our own home health agency, so that provided opportunity for education for home health services, office practices, other hospitals. So that was was actually kind of exciting to be able to do that. I can imagine. I can imagine. One follow-up question to that would be, what were the evaluations like from your participants in a pilot program? They all really enjoyed it. It was very, uh, I call it a beefy didactic, but there was a lot of 
good information and solid information for everyone. So just getting all that information was really great. And having the hands-on practicum afterwards was really helpful. Now, there were a few glitches because it was the pilot, but that was okay. We worked through it. Everybody emerged unscathed. (laughs) Yes. Yes, they did. But I think that's just such a wonderful program for our patients. We're all dealing with the implications of reduced length of stay in the hospital. We are in a large facility that, that takes patients from outside the area, and many of them are going home with no access, and we have limited time to teach them. So having both the OCA educated RN at the bedside to reinforce our teaching, as well as really hoping this will take off in home health care. I think that's only going to be a great situation for our ostomy patients. Sarah, you mentioned before about the new PT being able to provide continued education for PTs. Can you discuss some of the other changes now that the program's been in existence for a few years? Sure. So the WTA program started out offering 24 hours of continued education hours to nurses, but now offers 20 hours for physical therapists as well, which is really great because we all know that physical therapists are trained in wounds. So this is something for those physical therapists who are interested in it to gain extra education in that respect. Additionally, the WTA now is a certification as well. So you can actually go through the WOCNCB and be certified as a WTA for nurses. So that's another big addition. Great. Thank you. Sarah, let me ask you another question, if I may. You mentioned that you've been doing the program now since 2014. So can you discuss that a little bit? Because you've, you've been doing it now for four years. So just some insight as to why your facility decided to implement it, rough number of nurses who have participated or healthcare personnel who have participated in the program. And, you know, I think one of the things that we get questioned a lot about now and we're beginning to see these results are, do you have out? Outcomes that are assessed positive outcomes associated with the program. Sure. So when we started back in 2014, we started just with our home health area. So I'm primarily focused in the home health hospice space. And so we started in that area marketing directly to our own clinicians. And then because we're part of a larger health system, we then branched out and started offering it to all of the hospitals. It's a 13 hospital system. So we were offering it to all the hospitals, as well as we have a skilled nursing facility practice where we put providers in skilled nursing facilities. So we opened it up to the nursing staff in those facilities as well. And we've just been seeing some really great results from that. First of all, from a nursing home perspective, they just love the training. They probably are the most enthusiastic second to the home health nurses themselves, just because they don't get a lot of that education there. And so that's been a really, really beneficial thing. So we've seen several different things grow up out of that. The WTA did a survey a few months back, and it really showed a huge percentage of clinicians who feel that they've they now understand best practice for wound care which they didn't before and so they're more they're more able to not only know what needs to be done for a wound but also be able to contact the physician and offer a solid recommendation for what should be done because we all know physicians not all of them can be experts in all the aspects of wound care so they rely on clinicians to tell them what's best what's newest out there on the market and that sort of thing so this has really enabled clinicians to be able to speak to that more clearly and build up that expertise and really that helps the physicians feel a much stronger base for their patient care as well that way they don't have to be experts in everything they can rely on the experts in the field 
So that's that's probably been the biggest thing for us, just increasing that level of expertise and building up that knowledge base. We would love it if all of our home health clinicians went through the WTA. So the more people that have it, the better. So just as a follow-up, and I'll submit this to both of you. Can you discuss, you've alluded to how they can be utilized. Do you have any other ways that we can implement the role? That's another question we get. This education is wonderful, but sometimes making the transition into practice at the bedside. And I'd really like if both of you could address it for OCA and WTA. So I'll start with you, Giselle. For our our WTA program, for our inpatient nurses, they've become a part of the the skin team. So our, our, our skin team is called the SWAP team, skin wound assessment team. And that's really invigorated them and they've much more engaged in the whole process and they take ownership for that. So now it's, we have protocols in place, but even with that, they're recognizing pressure injury. They want to implement change. So they're much more engaged with that. And it's made a a big difference in our pressure injury rates over the last four years. Mm -hmm. Just engaging, knowing what surface to put your patient on, knowing what dressing you should put on. So you are seeing a reduction in your um, pressure injury rate? Where We've had a 30% reduction in our pressure injury rate housewide, 35% in our ICU since implementing the program. And the same thing for the OCA. We have the engagement of the inpatient nurses now to know, okay, this patient has issues, they're leaking, what should I put on? So more engagement, I think that's right. Because we find that they don't often have those complications or problems necessarily when the wound ostomy continence nurse is on site or available. It's really nice to have someone who is working on that unit at the time. It really seems to be decreasing delays in care. I I think I see that in our facilities, that someone is available at that moment. Maybe it's at three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon or at four o'clock in the morning on a Sunday or at 2 a.m. that someone will say, wow, we have incontinence-associated dermatitis. That's not a stage two pressure injury and be able to implement a plan of care that's evidence-based because they have this knowledge. Good for you. Sarah, do you have any additional insights into how the WTAs are utilized in your facilities? Because I know you work in a large system hospital with different levels of care. Sure. So the area that I'm most closely familiar with is in the home health space. So while we have trained WTAs in the hospital settings and in the skilled nursing facility practice, we've most closely concentrated on integrating the WTAs in the home health space. So one of the things that's been really beneficial, first of all, it it really elevates that nurse's just sense of empowerment to know the right thing to do at the right time. We started out training LPNs a lot. And so when we train our LPNs, it gives them a greater sense of connection to home health. Because in home health, there's some things that LPNs can't do. So it's very beneficial to train them up in things that they can do. And so we've started building and, and we've trained RNs as well in the WTA program. And so we have a team of WOC nurses who work closely with the WTAs. So because we're very geographically spread out, our WOC nurses can't possibly, we don't have one for every single area. And so one of the things that's worked really well is that our WOC nurses work closely with the WTAs to be really their eyes on the ground. Um, So the WTAs are seeing the patients every day, and then they're working closely with the WOC nurses to make sure that the care is integrated appropriately and making sure that things are escalated 
for the WOC nurse to go out and see the patient when it's really needed. So there are a lot of things the WTA can do on their own, and then there are some things that an extra level of expertise can really be beneficial on. And so those WTAs work closely with the WOC nurses to make sure that the best care is being provided to the patient in sort of a team approach. Have they reported to you any any outcomes associated with the WTA program? You know, the metric I think that most people are looking for is, of course, a reduction in facility acquired pressure injuries. Do you have any... Yeah, so that. that's been a little tough for us, just to be honest. So we started out with WOC nurses a long time ago. See, I, I started out in 2008, and there was WOC nurses before me in 2005, 2004-ish. Um, so we've been working really hard for a really long time to make sure we have the appropriate formulary and the appropriate use of supplies because supply reduction is a big thing for For appropriate utilization in home health right Mm -hmm. so in essence we've sort of seen a lot of that reduction years and years ago and have just continued that on what we're really seeing is the ability to continue good quality wound care for patients and good lengths of stay in terms of number of visits per week and that sort of thing so while we haven't been able to show an officially changed metric and we we really attribute that to having WOC nurses for so long in our institution Mm -hmm. we have been able to create a much broader team environment for the WOC nurses to work closely with the WTAs and make sure that we're getting that knowledge more widespread because there just aren't enough WOC nurses to go around if there were more that'd be great but there just aren't that many so being able to spread that knowledge and be able to do the training on our own to spread that knowledge is huge as well being able to offer the WTA program great thank you yeah and and we are beginning to see that we've seen a reduction in pressure injuries on some of our units where we do have WTAs in place and we're hearing this from other course coordinators too so you know the information is sort of trickling in Mm -hmm. but it is a positive outcome for us and I think that's something that really sets our programs apart because we know this is important we know the measurement is important one of the things that we've done at Cone Health is to use for our NDNQI data collectors they are all wound treatment associates So there's no one collecting that information now that doesn't have this extra education. So I believe that I I trust the survey results maybe a little bit more than I did in the past. I I love that you mentioned that some physical therapists have gone through your program. I have also had some PCs go through my program. But my biggest victory is that I've had five physicians go through my program. They said that they did not want to necessarily do our job as WOC nurses, but they wanted to better understand our order sets, and they wanted to make sure that they were able to speak eloquently to their colleagues. And I think that that's a big win. Of course, they did not receive contact or continuing education hours for that. But in all five instances, those hospitalists said that it added value to their practice. So I just have one more question for Sarah, and then I'll turn it back over to Lori. Um, Any changes or updates that we can anticipate in the WTA program coming up in the near future? Uh, Yeah, so the WTA program is working on updating their program. Um, One of the things they're looking at is moving toward a new platform at the end of this year. There have been some technical difficulties that people have experienced, and so we're hoping that this new platform will really help resolve some of those. That's the biggest update there. Thank you, Sarah. So how are you enrolling participants in your programs? And this is really going to be for each of you. I think I've heard 
many different ways. Some people enroll students as a cohort, and others are telling me about continual enrollment. I'm curious about how each one of you is managing that. Uh, why don't we hear from you first, Giselle? We have run our program twice a year. It's, it's classroom style, so we do it a little bit differently. It's not online. So we obviously do it in a cohort style. All right. And you? We've always done cohort, and we've always done pretty strictly online-based because we have a broad geographical area, and so that's worked out best for us. It really kind of depends on what your scenario is. But but we... Um, it's nice the freedom of the program to be able to operate in multiple different ways, right? So you can make it fit whatever works best for your care area. You can enroll people like Giselle does in a classroom and take them through just like a college course, or it can be a true online college course type program. And so that's, I think, one of the biggest things. Not only is it cost effective, but it's also very flexible depending on what your needs are. Well, I love hearing that. I think that no one wants to be pigeonholed as a professional. And I think knowing that there is plenty of flexibility and how you can manage your own course as a course coordinator. Speaking of course coordinators, what are some of the resources that we can provide as a society to coordinators and students as they go through these programs? Giselle? Well, the program book itself is a great resource. And after or during the program, online access to our resources is really valuable. And did you find the same, Sarah? Yeah, absolutely. The online resources are great. If you are being the course coordinator for the program, you, you have access to all sorts of information to help your participants through the program. But also for course coordinators, um, the WTA does offer a, a webinar quarterly that allows them to sort of understand the program and what it's about. So it's great for people who are either new course coordinators or for those who are thinking about whether or not they want to purchase the WTA program. And so that's something that can be really helpful as just a short one-hour webinar that's easy that kind of walks through all the components of the program in, in great detail. So good to know. And in addition, another resource that we've recently started was the reactivation of the WTA site for the forum. So members can go on and ask questions that they have. And Sarah is graciously serving as the moderator, whatever, I'm not sure what the title is, but with the support of the committee to answer questions that come up. So that's helpful as well. And the committee's been very accessible too as different questions come up. Can you address the costs of the program, both for the overall program to the facility or institution, as well as the individual cost to the nurse? So the OCA program is a rate of $2,500 for a three-year licensing fee. And then each participant is charged, or the facility will, will charge $150 for the registration. Uh, and so there's some flexibility in that and how you, you work out the final detail of cost. And I understand there's a difference in the length of the license for the OCA program versus the WTA. Can yes. you speak to that? So it's a three-year licensing fee for the OCA. It's a two-year licensing fee for the WTA. So there's a little bit of a difference there. And then, of course, you have to kind of figure in cost for supplies and so forth. This is another thing that I think is great in terms of flexibility. The actual cost is the 2500 for the license and then 150 per person. 
But if your agency wants to roll in the cost of the supplies to the fee as well, no one at the WTA or the OCA program tells you how much you have to charge. So if you're in an area where it's a viable option for you to charge a little extra to compensate for either time and or supplies and that sort of thing, that's perfectly a fine way to go about it as well. So again, flexibility is key. An important aspect to this program. And I think hearing that our listeners are listening to you and able to say, wow, how could I make that work for me? And maybe I could charge $50 over and above the registration fee, and that would help me cover the supplies. But this creativity and flexibility is is what makes it so appealing to us as course coordinators. So we're both going to be very interested to attend your session where we talk about integrating the role into your facilities or your agencies and things. And I think previously in some of your answers, you've provided us some good feedback and I'm sure the handout will be available and I'll encourage our our listeners to perhaps listen to your session if you're not here attending it at conference, you know, if you have access to that. So I'll just kind of jump ahead here and just say for both of you here, do you have have any last minute thoughts or words of wisdom that you'd like to share with new course coordinators that are, are beginning to take this on? Sarah, can I start with you? Sure. I think my, my biggest words of wisdom, if you will, would be to make sure that you have an organized approach to how you're going to do the program. So if you can attend the course coordinator webinar that'll help you kind of map that out, that's a great way to start. Even if you don't attend that, just having an idea of exactly how you want to enroll participants, how you want to do the program. Do you want to do a cohort or do you want to do a classroom style? Deciding how often you want to touch base with your participants. All those things are really good to set up up front before you actually start the program. That way it runs much more smoothly along the way. I think that's the biggest thing for me. Yeah, I do think the key is to to get your thoughts and and your program a little bit organized before you you jump in. And I I found for me the resources available on the website were so helpful. The sample schedule, you know, the scripts that were available to even help you to sell the program. So again, I would encourage our listeners, there's a lot of information on this website. And it was a little overwhelming at first to me, to be quite honest. But when I took the time and read each document, it really was helpful, even in terms of anticipating supplies. You had mentioned that before, but the committee has recently updated the supply list list for the WTA program. So you really, it's almost like a shopping list now. So you really can kind of figure out what you need per participant. And I think that's an important consideration in in working out your budget that you not just look at the cost of the program, but also your time, as well as the cost of supplies and things like that. So perfect. I wanted to thank you both for sharing all of this information with us today and with our listening audience. I know that additional information is available on the WOCN Society's website. But before we end our conversation, Sarah, can you tell our listeners exactly where they go to find the information about the WTA program? Absolutely. They can go to WOCN.org slash WTA program. Perfect. And for Giselle, for our listeners that want to know more about the OCA program, where can they find that? They can find that on the website, WOCN.org backslash OCA program couldn't ask for more. Thank you both and see you next time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Walk Talk. Please visit wocn.org slash podcast for additional details about this topic and the speakers. 
You can also get more information about subscribing to this podcast so you never miss an episode and to get the latest news and information from the WOCN Society. Again, that's WOCN.org slash podcast. We look forward to having you join us for the next episode of Walk Talk. <laughs>